Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the review show for episode 15 on how the British public shares Labour values. I'm Progress Deputy Editor Connor Pope and I'm with Progress Director Richard Angel to look through some of the reactions to this week's show. There was uh, another Commons vote this week on the Single Market and Customs Union, which, again, Labour MPs were told to abstain on. 48 of them, though, including Progress Chair and Progressive Britain podcaster Alice McGovern, voted in favour of the motion. And there was polling by BMG on the blog Left Foot Forward this week that said only 28% of people think Labour's Brexit stance is clear, while 54% think it is unclear, even among our own voters. 53% think we do not have a clear position on Brexit. Richard, don't you think that could be solved by taking a position on parliamentary votes like these on the single market and the customs union? Absolutely. As where Streeting said at the Fabian conference last Saturday, that if Labour gets a firm position, not only can it change the parliamentary arithmetic, we could change the destiny of how the negotiation goes, but more importantly, that the strategic ambiguity that got Labour through 2017, it is not sustainable because at some point there will be a final vote, we will have to vote on the deal, and then there'll be a general election either soon after or some period after, and then Labour will have come down on one side or the other. The earlier it does it, the more it shapes the deal rather than just responds to events. And I cannot see a circumstance in which Jeremy Corbyn, a man who has prided himself on hating the Tories at every point and not being part of the establishment and not cozying up to the leadership of the country, that he will go through the lobbies on a Tory poor Brexit deal. And so he's going to break from where the Tory position is. And it's therefore important that he does it early to shape the deal rather than just be carping on about whatever deal Theresa May comes back with. I do find it so frustrating because I do understand, I genuinely do understand why Labour has the kind of position that it does, where it's a little bit kind of a foot in both camps, a bit of a fudge. There is a really good electoral kind of analysis behind it that, you know, I think is is fair enough, that actually it's a divided nation and you need people who voted leave and you need people who voted remain both to vote for us next time to get rid of the Tories. However, I don't think that is the only way that is the only electoral path open to us, for one. And secondly, actually, when the 
parliamentary arithmetic is as it is, with the Tories needing the DUP and still not really having much of a majority, there is an enormous possibility to really properly shape what Brexit will look like. And unless you do that, then you kind of like, when you do get into power, what what are you going to be kind of inheriting? Like, what kind of system will you be able to put your values into? And the idea we can stand back from shaping the country we're seeking to inherit in just a few years' time, potentially, you know, Jeremy Corbyn says he'll be Prime Minister by Christmas and the general election will happen in 2018. The idea he's not in there trying to shape the kind of country he's about to take over is baffling to me. But one of the reasons, the only thing I disagree with you on is that I think it's understandable if you are Rachel Reeves to hold the position that she does. I don't understand it is if you're Jeremy Corbyn or John McDonnell, other than if it's for ideological reasons of the past. Is this about their kind of Benite history and the fact that the thing that would really upset both of those is saying that Tony Benn would be turning in his grave at a kind of uh, a left Labour leader stopping Brexit? Well, we do know that's true and we do know that Jeremy Corbyn's intellectually is the legacy of Tony Benn. So I think that is more about it. I don't think this is about electoral calculations. And I think the idea that if you said to Jeremy Corbyn that you're being some kind of uh, centrist compromiser to get through an election, he'd be horrified by the idea. (laughs) This is actually, I fear, because he believes the wrong thing about the future and the main question for our country. But also, obviously, time is of the essence. Um, There really isn't very long left. And the more these votes keep coming into Parliament, we keep abstaining or, you know, whipping to abstain on them, which um, uh, there really isn't very long left. There can't be that many more votes in it. But kind of on that similar note, French President Emmanuel Macron is in town. That's uh, French for Macron, by the way. Um, and <laughs> Thanks some, for clearing that up. Some of, uh, some of his people seem to have been briefing, certainly in the Evening Standard this week, that if France and Britain can work together to reform Europe and potentially that could end up with uh, reversing Brexit if, if Britain is happy with the, his radical idea for reforming Europe. And they're saying that's still on the table. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think... Everything needs to be on the table in that sense. If there is an option to stay part of a reformed Europe, it is definitely something that people should consider. If there is an option for being in the single market and controlling our borders, like you can already do with ID cards, counting people in and out, and a Belgium-style system for saying if people overstay the three months without a job, but that that could go with some other provisions that would fit within EU law or even would be a change in EU law, um, that would clearly be something that I think the British public would stop and listen to um, when making the decision going forward. And if then the alternative to all of that is to be a passive rule taker with a Canada Plus deal, then it's really important that all these things are on the table. And Macron gives hope that Europe is not a stale project, but an evolving one. And, you know, if you are him and you kind of came through that election very nearly having won by either Fillon, who is a kind of hard right Thatcherite, or by the fascist right in the form of Marine Le Pen, surely one of the things that French voters are crying out for is a sense that there is some control of the migration system. Now, we as progressives and internationalists can shape that system, not just have to constantly respond to it. And Macron is a hope in doing that. But it's one thing for people like us to say that everything should still be on the table. It could still be on the table. It seems a very different thing for the French president to be saying that, especially at a time when 
you know, Germany has been seen as the kind of leader of the European Union over the past decade or so, and the political stalemate there with coalition talks, and it's not really clear how that is going to end up. And certainly, the one thing that does seem clear out of it is that Angela Merkel, like Theresa May, has a very time-limited premiership left now, and at some point over the next few years, she probably will have to stand down, whether that's because of a her own party or because of a new election that's happened. And Macron seems to be, you know, he's riding his look a little bit in that this opportunity has presented itself when he has run on a ticket of wanting to lead Europe and wanting to radically reform it. And that position kind of has opened up for him now. And so for him to come over to Britain this week and say that, I think is really interesting because he really could be the person that shapes more than anyone what the European Union looks like over the next few years. If you have the historic opportunity to lead, you must take it. Macron has shown that he's not somebody who just takes the path of least resistance. And I think he is somebody that believes that for prosperity, for peace and for opportunity, that our continent is best when it is working together. And that while if Britain decides to crash out of the EU, France, of course, is going to try and play their advantage to get as much of our finance and banking sector into Paris and the surrounding areas as it can. But it actually recognises that it would rather the whole be more complete and therefore we'd all be prosperous than do that. And I think it is remarkable that he isn't just putting a kind of France first Trumpite agenda out there for his kind of foreign policy and his neighbourhood policy, but it's genuinely thinking, let's try and do this together. And that is an admirable thing. And I hope that British people see that for the generosity that it is, take seriously that he's a reformer in Europe and look again at the options available to us. Okay, and have we any comments this week? There was a general sense, I think it's fair to say, that on my little rant on the podcast that while people share our values so much, why do we keep coming second is a key question we should ask. And uh, it led to lots of people just trotting out various bits about, well, if only you tap the Tories more, we'd be winning. (laughs) Um, And uh, I'm able to say that I've been uh, all over the media in the last fortnight with the reshuffle, reshuffle fallout and stuff in recent days just highlighting the appalling nature of uh, Theresa May's government. But to win an election, it can't just be that the incumbent is bad. It has got to be that the insurgent is ready to take over. So uh, that, that, that has kind of filled my Twitter feed in the last <laughs> few days. There were some others that also were slightly disapproving. Someone says, it's just most people in society would be drawn to political groups discussing issues such as promoting policy on housing, jobs, education, healthcare, infrastructure, environment, etc., or exposing opposition failings rather than sitcoms. But you know, each to their own. And uh, that was Matt Thomas, who didn't seem to like uh, your the, the icebreaker and warm up to the podcast uh, last week. Well, I, I did reply to him to, to say that, you know, I try and include a fun icebreaker at the beginning of each episode just to ease us into things. And obviously this week's was Mrs. Brown's boys. But I did point out to him, you know, in the past we've uh, discussed productivity and sexual harassment and millennial and young voters and a whole range of topics. I hope that has changed his mind and he's listening here today. If so, hi, Matt. and Thanks for listening. And if you are, Matt, and you want to get in touch and you'd like one of those progress mugs, just send Connor a DM and we'll put that in the post to you. In fact, when we tweeted out this week's episode, Mikey Raines replied saying, form an orderly queue, which um, listenership has been going up steadily, but uh, I'm not sure that was entirely serious. <laughs> it wasn't all negative, though. This week we had somebody get in touch, particularly, I think this is less to say off the back of the podcast, but the events that are happening in the Labour Party this week, people will know that John Landsman and his friends in Momentum won the three-place 
places on the National Executive Committee. Even though somebody from Usdor is joining in the trade union section, this does change the balance of the National Executive Committee away from the kind of Tom Watson, moderates and modernisers towards Jeremy Corbyn's hard left cadre. And for many people, they saw that as dispiriting. When added to that, that 24 hours later, they replaced Anne Black, who, let's face it, has been a darling of the left, has been the only person to ever get more than 100,000 votes in an NEC election and has been topping the poll, not consistently, but intermittently since 2004. She was removed in placement of Momentum owner and director Christine Shawcroft. Removed from the, sorry, the subcommittee that uh, deals with disputes. Yeah, and, so, uh, so she's now in charge of disputes in the Labour Party, which I think is laughable for a variety of reasons. Not least you would have a conflict of interest being both an owner of Momentum and Labour Briefing. If one of their members was in front of the disputes committee, how she'd deal with a conflict of interest is unclear. Um, but also she is somebody who was suspended previously because she supported Lutfi Rahman, the disgraced former mayor of Tower Hamlets and was not very flattering on his successor, the Labour mayor of Tower Hamlets, John Biggs. But do you want to read out what this guy said? Yes, this uh, new joiner to Progress This Week said, after the NEC disappointment, you and everything you guys do are needed now more than ever. I can only speak for myself as someone who has been cynical for too long and avoided getting involved with a party grouping. You guys represent the decent progressive views that everyone I know holds and have inspired me into joining and wanting to be part of fighting back. So for what it's worth, if you can galvanise a cynic like me, there is hope. Obviously, if you do agree with us on the party taking a stronger line on Brexit and want to see more diversity of opinion in the National Executive Committee, you do need to join the Labour Party, first of all. That is a kind of a must. We need as many people in the party to you know, put our values forward as possible. And do please also consider joining Progress for as little as £3 a month now. And it's prog.rs forward slash join is where you need to go. So each week we give out a mug to whoever can answer Connor's political pub quiz question. This week, Connor asked, which party leader of the last 15 years is also the former world record holder of the 100 metre sprint? I think you knew it this week, didn't you? I did know it this week. I was very pleased. Former Lib Dem leader Mings Campbell. Yeah, Alison McGovern, she got it back in uh, when we recorded the, the podcast earlier in the week. Uh, Matt Dent, in fact. Uh, he was the first person to he was, right? the, he was Yes, he said, pretty sure the answer to your pub quiz question on the Progressive Britain podcast this week is Lord Sir Menzies Campbell of Pitt and Weem. May I have a mug, please? Well, Matt, yes, you can. I will be in touch and you send us your address and we'll make sure we pop one in the post. If you do want a mug from us, a, a beautiful progress mug, which are becoming a kind of like cult favourite now, you can obviously get the pub quiz question right. You can send in a comment on iTunes and if we think... You've got the best comment of the week. We will give you a mug. Also, if you convince a friend to join Progress, then make sure that in, when they join it, they mention your name and we will send a mug to you that way as well. Please do remember to send in any comments and questions, leave a review, rate and subscribe on iTunes and Progressive Britain. We'll be back on Tuesday next week with Alison McGovern. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast with Connor Pope and Richard Angel. The music is When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And this episode was produced by Carolyn Crampton. Mm-hmm.